0: Enjoy this Sam soundbite. And if you would like to hear more, you can find full episodes and more at www.sportsandmore.ca you mentioned the 80s that's what I want to ask you about right now specifically uh, two days uh, in the 80s I think you might know where I'm going April 19th and (laughs) 18th 87 Um, I was in my basement in Brandon Manitoba glued to the tv for this game it is uh, an image that I'll never forget that uh, the winning goal I felt so bad uh, for Bob Mason but what flashes in your mind when you think about that game
1: Oh boy, Dean, I have to go back. So we were down in that series 3-1. I think everybody wrote us off for for good reason. Washington was playing really, really well. We were as well in the series, but we were uh, so beaten up. So in the final game, uh, we were without Dennis Botvin, Mike Bossy, Brent Sutter, and Brent was a really good player for us too, by the way. He was coming into his prime. And Brian Troche was playing with a separated left shoulder. So Naturally, you'd think going into that Game 7, we have no chance. But we hung in there. Uh, I think it's safe to say, and I have watched it recently on YouTube, um, we were, I'd say, badly outplayed for most of regulation. Uh, but it was in overtime when uh, Bob Mason really took over. We, I thought we started to really come on and dominated the Capitals. And uh, Bob made some in- incredible saves. I remember some... One on uh, Bob Bass and uh, on Dwayne Sutter. Um, Randy Wood hit the post. And other, Miko Makla had a great chance. And all of a sudden, when Pat LaFontaine scored the game-winning goal, my immediate reaction was disbelief. Because I didn't want to let my guard down in case, I don't know what, maybe goalie interference or I, I had no idea. I just didn't want to get uh, too excited and too high. And so I bet I stood in my uh, goal crease for about, two seconds, maybe a little bit longer before I finally realized that, yes, it's a legal goal, and I put my arms up, and Randy Wood, one of our defensemen, number eight, came racing down to hug me, and we both fell down in a heap on the ice because we were so darn tired.
0: Well, you were uh, pretty brilliant in that game, that second overtime. I think you made almost 20 saves. And I I grew up playing goal, uh, so I know uh, what goal pads were like in the 80s. How heavy were your goal pads during that game?
1: Well, crazy, right? And, you know, the other thing is I wore extremely tight skates, similar to what Paul Coffey wore, and I just felt that I could skate better and uh, my edges. I I understood better and used better. But uh, so I was so dehydrated, as you can imagine. The game started at 7.30. It ends at 4 minutes to 2 in the morning. And uh, by the time we do the handshake, by the time we do some uh, media and so on, I get into the dressing room. I'm going to suspect it's around 2.15-ish ballpark. And I'm taking my gear off. I take my pads off, go to undo my skates, get them, get them off my feet. And I was so dehydrated, immediately my toes curled under. Oh. So what did I do, Dean? What did I do wisely? I had two cold beers back in the days <laughs> when they had cold beers. and so i never had two beers go to my head so quickly, but it was a great feeling. I've got to tell you.
0: Oh yeah. I can't imagine the, the feeling of, uh, you know, relief and, um, you know, victory that comes from that. And, and also later that year is, uh, you know, one of my most favorite hockey moments, Canada cup 87 that you were a part of. And we just got to see that recently, uh, with them airing it again. And it was so cool to see that. I, I just want to ask you a couple of things like training camp. What do you remember about training camp? Because the guys that weren't on that team are some superstars as it happens every year. Was it a pretty competitive training camp?
1: Oh yeah. And I'll tell you what, the first day we show up in Montreal, we have medicals. Uh, I believe the night before our first ice session, Mike Keenan is the head coach. And uh, my gosh, I've never had a fir- harder first practice. Keenan, he killed us, and that was his intent, to send the message, this is what it's going to be like. And uh, But, it, oh, my gosh, I can't believe how long training camp was. I think, Dean, it was something close to a month. Uh, we crisscrossed the, uh, the, the entire nation. We had uh, pre-tournament games out in Atlantic Canada. We ended up finishing off training camp in Banff before our first game against the uh, – Uh, Czechoslovakia, remember that's 87, it still was not the Czech Republic in Calgary, we had that game Um, it was just a phenomenal experience, but you know I gotta tell you, one of the most amazing experience, but uh, nerve-wracking experiences of my life Grant played all the games, but Ron and I, uh, Ron Hexall and I we rotated as backup every night, and so after uh, Valerie Kamensky scores one of the most amazing goals in game two of the finals to tie it up at five five so we're going in overtime we play the first overtime we're going walking down the tunnel towards the dressing room for the second overtime for the intermission and Wayne Gretzky pulls me aside and say hey listen Kelly I want you to use that experience you had from the Easter epic playing that long overtime talk to the guys how to prepare for the second overtime period and I'm thinking what Wayne Gretzky is telling me to talk to the guys. And then I go in the room and then it really hits me. Gretz says something like, Hey guys, take a seat. I've asked Kelly to talk about how to prepare for a long overtime. And I'm looking at Wayne and Messier and Bork and Lemieux and, uh, you know, coffee, all these guys. I've thinking, is this really happening? So I, I remember Dean, when I-, I said to him, I said, so here's my experience guys. Um, it's the first two minutes or the last two minutes of every overtime when most likely the goals are going to be scored, simply because uh, the first two minutes, you're not ready, you're not focused again, um, and then the last two, because you're starting to lose your focus, you think that another, there's another intermission and then another overtime period comes. Now, I have been statistically proven to be uh, not accurate by Chris Snow, the assistant general manager of the Flames. That, It's actually the first three minutes and the last three minutes, but still, I think I was pretty darn close. (laughs) Yeah,
0: no kidding. Um, The thing that stands out, and I I didn't realize this uh, when I had watched it before until I just watched it again, is that Mike Keenan is the coach. His nickname at one point was Dr. Hook. He had the Conn Smythe winner from his own team on the bench in Ron Hextall. The team is down 3 nothing early in that game three, and it, I, I don't think it ever entered his mind to pull Grant Fuhrer and go with with Ron Hextall, who was his actual guy. It was just like, Grant is going to get this out. And maybe there was some Gretzky influence there, too, saying, no, wait, don't worry, Grant's going to hold us in here. Did you ever think that Grant was going to get pulled in that situation?
1: You're always wondering, but I, I will say this. The one thing that all of us recognize, and I'm sure Keenan did one of the factors, that, Listen, when Grant played for the Edmonton Oilers in those days, it wasn't unusual for them to fall behind 2-0 or 3-0 or 4-1 and, and find a way to come back. So he was pretty comfortable in uh, playing in those games where he is behind and and knowing he had to make a big save later in the game. And you know, that was the uniqueness of Grant because uh, he could let in four or five and maybe even a couple questionable goals, but you know, when it's 5-5 and 37 seconds left in the third period is able to make a great save he had that sort of mind for the game and so i think keenan factored that into it as well
0: thanks for listening to this sam soundbite if you would like to hear more you can find full episodes and more at www.sportsandmore.ca